Hi, and welcome to Madness to Magic and my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a love story. I'm your host, Paulina Milana, author of The S Word. This show is for those of us who find ourselves surrounded by madness and wanting to find the magic within. We're going to come together here as caregivers to those who have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Maybe it's someone in the family we've been born into. Maybe it's someone we love. Maybe it's someone we work with. Maybe even it's ourselves. Whether we've been thrust into this caregiver role or taken it on by choice, this podcast is where we're going to share our stories and learn to realize the magic in all the madness we may have been experiencing. I promise you, it can be done. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to hear part two of my conversation with my brother, Ross. Today's podcast is a continuation of our last episode where we were kind of talking about um, siblings, uh, our our joint experience um, with both my mom and my little sister having mental illness. I will tell you that this has been super enlightening for me. It's kind of dawned on me that This is actually the first time my brother and I, not being in the thick of madness with our mom or our little sister, it's the first time we actually kind of sat down as siblings to chat about our experiences, both those shared and the ones that are unique to us. One thing for sure, humor helped us cope and still plays a major role in our relationship, as I'm sure you're hearing. Again, for me, listening back to this, um, totally unscripted, totally unedited uh, recording, I'm learning lots and becoming aware of memories and misperceptions and each individual's way of looking at their circumstances, even if their circumstances are, are the, you know, are the same as what you went through. Um, it's all, again, perspective. What a gift this has been for me. And that's been the magic in reliving some of this madness. I hope it means something for you too. So without further ado, here's part two of my podcast with my brother, Rosario. Right. We talked about that the other day, how the sewing machines back then... They were pedal. You had to pedal it to get it to do anything. So, right. um, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's yeah. a whole different world. Yeah. And so when... Vinny came around, and do you remember when Vinny had her first, um, you know... Yeah, for me it was when she thought she had a boyfriend. No, it wasn't. It was when, do you remember when I called you? So I came home from my uh, cruise. I was on a cruise vacation. Okay. And I came, and right before I left, she had wanted to talk about this boy and everything. And I was like, Vinny, I don't have time. We'll talk about it later. I come home and I open up the door and mom is, looks like hell. And I'm like, what the hell's yeah, going on? It's the same thing. Right. And you called me. Right. I, I, wait. Because she had wandered somewhere going so to wait, church. So, so when mom says, you know, something mm-hmm. is wrong with Vinny, we've got trouble. Then Vinny comes down and starts talking about how she's getting married to mm-hmm. this guy, mm-hmm. how, you know, everything is, you know, ponies and mm-hmm. bunnies. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, this is, doesn't even make sense. Then she ran out. Mm-hmm. That's when I call yeah. you. 
And so what do you remember? Her. Yeah, you called me, and then we had to What go... did you think when I called you? Because did, did you have any clue that Vinny was going down this bunny hole? Well, Vinny was 24. Yeah. I was... Tw- no, Vin- yeah, Vinny was 24, right? I was 26. Okay. You were then... 30. Thir- I was 20, 20, 28. Yeah, 28. No, 29, because Dad had died at 28. So 29. Right, it was right after... Yeah, yeah so somewhere around there. Yeah. So, so no, there really wasn't... She just seemed to be an individual who... Yeah, she was a bit slow, if you want. Uh, uh, deve- developmentally... Delayed. So, I mean, there delayed. were issues yeah. that were not caught. Whether exactly. it was when, um, when she was a child, right. whether yeah. it was learning disabilities or or exactly. something even something more else. extreme, not having oxygen. Remember, she was uh, for a, she had pneumonia when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. So she was in essence, I think, at two years old, she was hospitalized for quite some time, mm-hmm. uh, separated from family, parents. Mm-hmm. So that traumatized her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, having a child, mom was how old at that time? Ooh. 39, 40? Yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again... 42, maybe. You know, your eggs go stale in the refrigerator, too. <laughs> so, you know, that could have yeah, been... Yeah, but... It. Okay, so wait. So I call you. Wait, yeah. so so I just want to get clear on something. I'm gone for, mm. like... Were you living at home? No, I, I had my place downtown. Oh, you had your place downtown. Yeah. Okay, so the entire time, you, you didn't know that anything was going on, right? Mm. Okay, so I call you. But did you up until that point? Um, no, I mean, yeah. Vinny was always Vinny, right? Yeah, she exactly. was, uh, remember dad had to send her to Italy because, yeah, which I kept uh, saying right? was a mistake and I right. remember, yeah. So yeah. for those, for those mm-hmm. listening, so our little sister had like, um, rage issues, let's just call oh. it. Right. And, uh, Real bipolar. Yeah, very, like, I swear it was very much bipolar, but we didn't even know that that might be what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Or anything. We just, you know, really, I don't know, stuff, you know, from those listening, you can tell there was a lot of um, loudness in our house, a lot of uh, behavior that while we may have thought it was normal, it, you know, now hindsight, you realize maybe it maybe wasn't, but it's not like... There were things happening where we were like, aha, that one little isolated incident is an issue. It was it was a snowball, right? An entire mm-hmm. kind of domino effect. With Vinny, she I don't even remember how old she was, but our father thought, uh, you know, his his relatives, his sisters still lived in Sicily, that it would be a good idea to um have her experience something different, get out, right? And and a change of scenery. And that I do believe in that. That helps. She wanted to right? be as normal as ever. She wanted to be dating. She wanted to be doing all kinds of things. But again, she was a uh, uh, she was borderline, but emotionally she was very stunted. Number one, uh, intellectually she was very delayed. Well, honestly, she was like a bit of a savant in many ways because remember she knew all of the music, all of the lyrics. Like there were things that she did I know. I would call that a savant. No, I just, you know, I mean, she think again. She was a younger version of mom, locked yeah. down twenty four seven. Yeah, that's true. Unable to do anything, go anywhere, yeah. under very disciplined minded right. parents. That's true. That's so, true. And she was um, because she was the baby. Everything was done for yeah, her. So exactly. instead of her really even learning exactly. how to tie her shoes, our mother wanted to maybe keep yeah. her a baby. So anyway, lots of issues. But on that day, when I call you, mm-hmm. and I'm like teary, you know, choking up and saying there's something wrong here, mm-hmm. you need to come 
and help. I don't remember you calling me back. I just remember no, you I showing just left. up. No, I We didn't have cell phones at the time. Oh, that's right. Called. Yes. <laughs> Oops, what? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you show up. I got up. into my DeLorean, and I went back in time. No. So, so, yeah, I show up, and then you and I go driving looking for her. But what... Okay, so I'm trying to take you through and, and relive know. it. I'm just thinking that You showed up, yeah. and you come to me, don't you think that there's maybe like I'm misunderstanding something or like you you showed up and you were like, oh yeah, of course, she's like no, off no, her No, no, it's nut. like, where'd she go? Or, Did she run away? You know, where'd she go? And then you show me this picture that she took standing right, there. Right, her... <laughs> Like like she so, was a, like a pit bull. So for those who yeah. who are too young to know, um, there's a camera called a Polaroid. Yeah. There's a song about it. Um, and so she took she had our mother take a photo of her. Um, and the pre picture yeah. pre selfie yeah the picture was um, a bit frightening. She was trying to show herself um, that she had lost weight that yeah. she was you know attractive whatever but the, the picture was a very simpsons like yeah. you know take the picture yeah. kind of thing mm -hmm. so so i show you that picture and then and, then, and I, then what are you thinking like well and i didn't know that she was she had dated or she was she had called some I yeah don't know i they found, i didn't really know no much i don't know about how they even either. found each other from the I newspaper really or know. something yeah again this was pre craigslist internet, pre -internet. Pre right so she, somehow she met up with somebody and uh they, he had come over to the house. I, I don't even remember I heard remember that, that after the fact. Yeah, she, he had come over and they they sat on the, this is what she told me, they sat on the porch, not on the porch. But wait, but you're going you're going too far ahead. So right now, yeah. we're at the moment where I'm you just come thinking, yeah, and I'm you're just like, thinking what, she ran, she she run ran away? away? That's what and I'm she, thinking. And then what? And then we got in the car. To well, then you show me that picture and I said, well, God, that's just strange. And so we went. And I must have told you the that stuff that she said. Yeah. That she said she was getting married yeah. to him. And did you believe me? No, I didn't believe it. But again, I just thought she was so angry she left. Okay. You know. So then we get in my car. Then we get in your car and we go driving around and we find her coming out of walking down the road from the church. Right. And she has a pamphlet of some sort. And she says, Pamphlet. That's that's the thing is she starts pointing to us and saying, "Look what this guy wrote about her and love and all this other kind of stuff." And the only thing I remember is my slamming yeah. my fist on the on dashboard. the dashboard and yelling at her. You know, no, it's not. Yeah, real. In a in a in a more so forceful so way. just to to be and then more right clear. Then and there, right then and there, I said, "Let's go to Elgin." Which was the hospital. Well, okay, so hold on. So because I said because I said I ain't doing this again or so something people, like that in my mind. People listening are like, what yeah. the hell? So so in essence, we get in the car, we go look for her. Yeah. She's coming down the road. She's got pamphlets in her hand. Yeah. You open the car door, and she says, she's no, 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 seat. look, yeah. look on the pamphlets. You know, it's written about me. Me and Kolojito was the yeah. guy's name, and um, we're getting married. <laughs> we're in love. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Yeah. So anyway, so. And at that point, I think, is when you realized, holy shit, yeah, I said, oh, here okay, we go she's, again. She's gone nuts. That's right. why I said, uh, in my mind, I said, you know, this ain't happening again. Right. And when she was going on and on in the back seat, and I slammed right. my fist, and I, I think I said other words other than, uh, I believe you're incorrect. No, I think you, <laughs> I think you said, you slammed your, your hand on, or your fist on the dashboard, mm. and you said something like, no, that's not real. And mm. then... I think we had called St. Joseph we tried before to she got something. in yeah. the car yeah, and told them 
um, hey, this is mm -hmm. what's going on, and they told us to bring her over mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. We told Vinny, though, again, another story to get her to agree to go. Right? Well, I don't think, no. I, I think I remember saying, let's just go. And, and they're going to help us understand what you're trying to say. I think it was one of those kinds of things. I think once I, when I yelled, she, she became very quiet. Yes, she did. Very quiet. And we went there, and there was no commotion when we got in. No. And no. that's when well, we basically brought her in there. And, and when, so curious, that thought of, oh, holy shit, here we go again. Is it, in a way, so for me, in a way, it was like, okay, been here, done that. I know what we need to do. And in a way, it was almost like um, like being grateful for having had that first experience because we knew what we were looking at. We knew mm -hmm. a little bit of what had to happen. Do you feel that same way or were you more like um well yeah i understand that we had been through it it's like anybody who does anything you, you do it the second time you you get it a little better understanding so yeah we we figured out okay instead of going through all the the crap from before let's find out uh, and we knew more that medication because our mother was on medication so perhaps this is something that could help i'm sure all these thoughts were going through our mind minds but we just said, let's just act. Let's just go and do it. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's how that came about. And then, all right, so now she's in there and they mm -hmm. tell us we have to stay away for mm -hmm. a period of time. I can't even remember what it and was. In her mind, maybe that, maybe that brings her back to when she had the pneumonia and everybody abandoned her. And dad was the only one that was able to go there because he was the only one who could drive. We had an uncle that lived with us uh, who couldn't drive, mm -hmm. you know. Possible. So I don't know. But do you remember then the first time... Uh, well, they knock well, her out. Was... What they do is when they bring you in, they load you up. With medication. With medication. First to calm you down because she, I believe, had to go into the quiet, the room, quiet room and be strapped yeah. down. And what's the quiet room? It's just a bed with straps. Well, it was a bed and then it was like a rubber room, right? Like they can't hurt themselves on the wall. No, and... they're strapped to the bed. She was... But... She was strapped. Trust well, me. Well, I remember looking at the monitors. She mm -hmm. wasn't strapped. She was no, not standing at that and point. talking to herself. No. You well, mean in the very beginning? In the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. They, they, tie, they put you down and load you up so that they can at least uh, restrain you without having to restrain you physically. So they want to, to, to dull you, let's put it that way. Right. And then, yeah, then... You know, then it's and the process he, of figuring out how the what meds work, so on and so on. So the first time, so it was you, me, and wait, it was you, me, Kathy, and Mom, mm -hmm. Mary mm -hmm. Kathy, being our older sister, who went to go see her. Yeah. What do you remember about that first visit? No, that basically, yeah, there, you know, it's a mental issue. Uh, it's hereditary, obviously. Why, why it affect? Because I remember reading that it happens at around the age of twenty-six, predominantly in women. And even so, though for our mom, it was. In but see, there was. But looking back, you could say that it was. She again, probably had something. And she had nobody, something there, and yeah. and again, the the family that uh, they came from. How many kids? Eleven. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, some died. Too, some. So yeah. Wasn't it? But still. Yeah. And. But 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 I guess what I'm trying to get at is, so we go to visit Vinny. Mm -hmm. Paint the picture. What do you remember of that first visit? But it was no different than when we visited mom at a bunch of these places where I remember going to Charter Barkley Hospital where our mom was. 
And uh, in my mind, uh, I was uh, uh, living uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> because I'm I'm sitting down and some big individual, big guy sits down next to me who I thought was chief from uh, the movie. <laughs> and, you know, then there's another woman who's standing in front of the TV, blocking the TV from another patient uh, because she's angry with the other patient. So I'm thinking this is just... I don't think I, don't think I was with you on that. No, you weren't. And what so, was okay? So when I was asking you about the mom memories, yeah, what but this was, was that? Asked, I don't this remember. Is, this is again. She had gone through all these different hospitals, and that was prior to meeting Doctor uh, Brilliant, Doctor Bernstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, Doctor Bernstein at Evanston. So yeah, but what was that like? What was that like? So that was the height of when she was. Yeah, that was when she, in essence, had to be medicated, but not with, in my opinion, again, I'm not sure, but more. Uh, mood altering where they would calm them down not as much affect the, the psychosis that she was going through if that's what it is I don't know what you would call it but so they have all these people in the room and you know it is it's it's uh, it's what you expect a mental facility to be just a bunch of people wandering around watching television doing nothing and you know there she learned to make this uh, this, uh, what do you call Pillsbury dough pizza thing. So she was, she was doing things there, functioning, but again... I, it, I don't remember that at yeah. all. Remember how she would then take the Pillsbury dough that comes in the roll thing, where you open it up, and that's when she started making those pizzas? Wow, well, I don't Instead of making that real, real dough. Yeah, that was where she picked that up. But How old were you with the Charter Barclay thing? Well, I could drive, so... So maybe that's why... Yeah, I don't I mean, remember that at all. But she had been to Billings. She had been to University of Chicago. She had been to Charter Barkley, uh, Northwestern, Evanston. So how do you think it was for Mom to realize that she... I mean, in essence, this was all hereditary, right? So how do you think that impacted her to realize that she gave this to Vinny, kind of? I don't know. I don't know if... Did you ever think about that? She could have. No, it would have been a good question to ask her. Did you ever worry that you... Because I know I worried that I, I might did. get I, it. I, I was never, like, please, God, let I never did come. because really? No, I never did because I, I honestly thought uh, it was... For me, I thought it was more because she was locked down. She couldn't get out. That, you know, you're, you're again... You're in that house, and maybe that's why I always was always out. Maybe subconsciously, I don't know. But to me, it was more you're you're at home, and and you just cannot. There's nothing you can do for yourself. And our and our mother wasn't one to go on a walk or anything well, like that. Except or bike. to escape she, the voice. Did she ever knew how to ride a bike? Her. Remember? No. Yeah. So here's you, you don't know how to do the most basic of of things because you to, weren't allowed. You unfortunately. weren't allowed. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if you were yeah. a woman, you couldn't. She, get, I mean, that's the whole thing. Well, she is, did say she she was the one who was forced to make the pasta yeah, for everybody. She was and the then youngest. Had to sit, stand in the yeah. corner until they all ate. Yeah. So. And again, yeah. here, I'll give you an example. Uh, I knew someone who. So this is just tell you about the 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 ethnic, ethnicity of what we're talking about. I knew someone who was from Mexico, and uh, his girlfriend. And this is this is only within the last fifteen years. His girlfriend, who was uh, more recently from Mexico, 
she would do the same thing. She would. I came over there once for, for lunch. She prepared the food. She served us. And she stood in the kitchen corner until we finished. Wow. So it's that mentality. It is probably more of a Latin mentality. Wow. You know, but it may be also in other cultures. I have no idea, but wow. I can tell you I've seen it. Wow. So, you know, hmm. but that's the thing. She can't, she had no out. She had nothing. Neither of them. Not, really? Well, our father, what do you mean? No, I mean oh, mom Vinnie, yeah. and Vinny, right? Yeah. So You drove, Kathy drove, I drove. You were in right. school, school stuff. And, Kathy was yeah. in school stuff. I was in yeah. school stuff. And Everybody when mom was sports. sick... Like super sick, Vinny got stuck being the one to yeah. stay home. And who knows and what she? Had. We that yeah, would have been a good question no to idea. ask her. Yeah. You know what did you envision? What did you see? What happened while you were at home? I was she was she verbally assaulted? Was she physically you know uh, yeah. reprimanded? Who knows what happened yeah. while she was there? Yeah. So so getting back to Vinny's first time in a hospital, and which I'll be honest, that shook me big time so i mean it was one thing for mom because it was almost like we grew up with it and there was dad around this was a whole different story so when we went to visit her that first time and we saw her in the room like they brought her in Mm -hmm. what do you remember of that no she was just like almost comatose like a walking dead you know i mean in my opinion that's what i saw but uh you don't remember when uh so she started to tell us that she was going to have her wedding. Yeah. You don't remember this? Yeah. But... And then you said, uh, no, Vinny, no, that's yeah. not happening. And do you remember that she put her head back, opened up her mouth, and there was supposed to... I don't even get upset. What? You don't remember this? When she had that big, like, opened her mouth, and there was like a... Scream that should have come out, but it didn't. And then she just started bawling. I remember she started crying. I remember that. But again, um, to me, it was like, okay, finally she understands that it wasn't going to happen. So, but that's why even in the car, for me, when I yelled at the car, and she literally didn't say another word the entire trip, uh, I mean, I, I think I can be intimidating yeah, when sure. I want. So to me, it, it was sort of like, okay, she understands it now. So let's do this medication stuff and make sure it doesn't happen. Because when she was on her meds, she had no problems. Other than obviously, the, you know, she, she still wasn't active. She had motor skill issues. But when she, when she took her meds, she wasn't, she was, you know, she was delightful. She was funny. She was all these kind of things. But that's the problem. When people who are on medication, they, in my opinion, do not follow what they're supposed to do. Take yeah, your medication. Yeah, but who, who does? I mean, be honest. I know if I go to the doctor and I'm given a, a vial of pills and they say, take it until the entire vial is done. Mm-hmm. When I start to feel better, there are times when I either forget to take it yeah. or I choose not to take it. So why should they be any different? No, and I'm that's what I'm saying. People don't do that. They, they you know... It's, it, here's the thing, you know you have an issue, but you're talking about a health issue in terms of physical health, we're talking mental health. To me, it seems that like... That can never go away. That can never go away. So, it's like someone who takes uh, heart pills. Those people usually don't forget. You know, something that can kill you, if it's a cold or something or whatever it is, 
yeah, you're like, I feel better. And I'm glad that people, in my opinion, again, don't rely solely on the medication because I think that's created a whole different set of problems where people rely on medication. As you see now, I don't take, I've had a couple operations and I have never taken pain pills. Even though they've been prescribed to me, I've never even gone to pick them up. But don't you think, I mean, because I don't like to take meds mm -hmm. at all, don't you think that that is sort of like the um, the fallout of having lived a life with people who, it was like a, pharm a pharmacy in our house, like all the drugs, et cetera. Like for me, I know it was a conscious, no, I'm not going to take that. No, because no. I'm not like them, so to speak. Wasn't it? Okay, you're going to think this is strange. I like pain. <laughs> okay? I really okay. do. I'm so totally So the serious. mental illness has continued yeah. in I mean, the I, I, uh, family I, tree. I, I think you have, to have, you have to have some of that. So for me, uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy that uh, sensation. And not that I would sit there and say, oh, yeah, my arm is broken, let, let it heal itself. But, you know... It, the pain pills are maybe, if you want to call it, a, a stepping stone to whatever. But, uh, again, we're talking about pain versus mental. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a different thing. You don't know. If you have a mental illness, I, both in mom and, and in Vinny's case, you don't think anything is wrong. Mm -hmm. You think, oh, this is normal. I'm hearing voices. I'm right. doing this. So you have no clue. And it's taking over your entire reality. reality. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when you're in pain, you're not thinking oh, it's a computer who broke my arm or whatever, you're thinking, my arm is broken, I need to take something to get it fixed, get a cast or whatever. Okay, if I have to take pain pills, I take pain pills. But in mm -hmm. terms of a mental illness, mm -hmm. you don't you don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. You think that is where you are. Right, so. true. So let me ask you this. You, you were in several relationships. You got out of one that was um, pretty serious and everybody had thought it would lead to like a marriage and everybody thought, oh, you'd make a great dad, etc. Not a great husband, but you know. But that's only so... one that you know of. <laughs> I had like three of those. Okay, but the question here is, did our dealings with crazy, right? Because look, honestly, 99% of other people, if they were in dad's shoes, would have been like, screw this, I'm getting out of here, right? Because... And I told him that. Yes. And that was one but of the reasons... But he didn't do it. I told him, I said, because I couldn't... You know, the reason that I, I had no intention of getting married is because I wasn't sure I could do what he did and stick through it. And I wasn't going to, you know, take that chance, not only for myself, but for whoever... I don't have a problem putting myself in difficult situations. I'll do whatever I want to do, and if it costs me, that's fine. That's my problem. But when you've got a family and you've got kids, you got to do, you got to put that, your, your, your goals, your egos, your this, you, if you want to make it work, you got to put it aside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it was just, mm -hmm. I, I, it's just something I never really wanted to do. The only reason I even thought about it was because I thought it was the old school thing to do. Oh, you get married. It was, it's like what everybody tells you. You got to get married. You got to have a family. If you want to get into a discussion of of uh, how corporations control people, we can get into that. But that's how I, you know, that's, you know. What do you mean? You open the door, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's how businesses, corporations own you. Once you have responsibilities, once you have kids, once you have a family, they know they 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 own you. 
they know you can't leave okay so they know that you you know you're going to have to stick it out they can treat you like crap they can do whatever they want to do and you can, you have no choice you mm -hmm. cannot leave mm -hmm. uh look at what we're watching we were we, we've been watching over the weekend ozarks yeah yeah that's he can't, true he can't get out yeah if it was right. just him he would have right. skipped he would have right. been gone all right so would your do you think if if we didn't grow up in this kind of a in cray cray right and that thought like for me it was the thought of holy shit even your kid like it may not come to you but it could pass the generation even your kid could have it i knew for myself there is no way i could do it a third time especially when it would be my kid right mm -hmm. so if we did not have any of that no do you think no i didn't want i never so you don't think it. that for impacted me personally you? no i just never wanted it it's just it was just i just didn't want it mm -hmm. that's just me again did anybody I, it wouldn't allow me to do again and i've done stupid things but i had ideas that, of things i wanted to do some panned out some have not but if if i was uh uh you know if i had gone that route of having the family and all this kind of stuff I would have been um, so miserable mm -hmm. for me personally. Mm -hmm. Just because it's a hell of a responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to go back to a couple things because it may be kind of of interest to people. Because we do kind of make fun or make jokes or whatever, right? Even, I remember when Vinny, um, so our sister died, right? And uh, she was in an assisted living center, mm -hmm. um, one that used to be a um, senior center. Mm -hmm. And then they had to, in order to increase funds, they made some of the floors um, accommodate people with mental illness. Anyway, long story short, we were able to get her in there. And um, when she died, it was kind of like a freak accident, right? Where she choked was sleeping, peanuts. she choked on no, dry she roasted eating, she peanuts. She was eating in bed, right? Laying on her back, watching TV, eating peanuts. And then she tried to get up. Her legs wouldn't support her. She fell. She smashed her nose. Blood. Who knows? It was heart attack. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she died. She was forty-two, right? Forty-two. And um, and I remember when we were in the funeral home because we had her cremated. Mm -hmm. That um, that do you remember what you said? There was yeah, the sorry, box. Kid. I think it's oh. no. <laughs> so she's in like a cardboard box, right? That's temporary. What they put the temporary yeah. to to put yeah. her in the yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> you walked over to the box and you went shoe size twelve. <laughs> do you remember? Oh, I didn't. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So, but I bring this up because there are a lot of points where humor got us through right mm -hmm. what what we were dealing with i'm always in a good mood until you know unless i i don't have to be in it, I, it well it, that's not true because you nearly you got into trouble when i think Vinny was in some like lockdown facility yeah but that's what i'm saying i'm you... usually no no she wasn't in a lockdown she was in school oh no. over there yeah but that was that was because she had wanted to now meet, what was the what was the yeah she story? wanted to she wanted to bring where her, was she she was at the uh other 
place. I can't remember. Maplewood. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Maplewood. She wanted to go to Wood Glen to see her then boyfriend. Right, right, right. You're and right. And she wanted to bring him lunch. You're right. And because... Vinny did have a boyfriend who also yeah. had a mental illness. Yeah. So she wanted to bring him lunch. And I guess because when she goes there, she would tend to cause problems. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't allow her in, and I basically said that, you know, just let her bring him this lunch. Well, you had, had taken the time and driven all the yeah. way out there, and then to find out that they're saying, no, she can't, yeah. but then you kind of went a I little did. bit I did. I did where they had to call the cops. But What I, did you actually do? Nothing. I'm just, I, I can be, like I said, I, okay, people you, you are intimidated. You nothing, no, I just, and they wanted to call the cops. They, but that's what they do. That's their first reaction is to call. I mean, I yell at them. Obviously. Right, I think that's right. And again, I'm a rather larger individual, and these are like tiny little people, and so it's like, you know, Lilliputians, and so they get afraid. They don't know what's going to happen, and I do raise my voice. And even if I don't try to raise my voice, maybe it sounds raised. Well, I, okay, so if I can interject, at this point, in my opinion, because of having to deal day to day, because then you had become the primary caregiver yeah. of both mom and Vinny. Something happens to no. you because it's too much. This was just this was just a lunch. It was just bringing a Subway sandwich to someone. Correct. And there, Which but, should not no, have even wait, been a big deal. But look at what we've done in the last few days where someone just does something stupid. Where they tell us, oh, you have to go see customer service. That's right. I have to complain yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. But those are the kind I of understand. things where you just deal with stupidity. Right. And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, this but is a normally sandwich. you can deal with it. Like, even, you know, when I escalated it, it still was on a level of civility. Here, you were not on a level of civility. And my only point being, like, so, so here, hear me out. When I wrote the S word mm-hmm. and people read it, some people came back and said, my God, I mean, your father didn't know how to handle anything, and you guys were a bunch of idiots, and why did you do this? And all of that is true, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But walk a mile in those shoes when it's going on. Mm -hmm. You don't know what to do, especially at a time when it wasn't okay to tell people that there was an issue, where you tried to keep it hidden, Mm -hmm. right? So with the mom and Vinny thing, when you were the primary caregiver, I think you also experienced it's, it's, more than it's a lot what... Of, it's a lot of stress because you're taking time away. But trust me, in this case, um, and it, it, I, I can tell you in many instances that had nothing to do with family, um, I'll show up for something because, uh, I'll give you, uh, again, I, 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 I've been in many bars and, and I've noticed in people's faces... There's like my friends are getting into a confrontation and I will show up and I will see in the other person's face, and this may sound boastful or whatever, I will see sheer terror. God's honest truth. And that's happened so many times. What do you mean? Sheer terror for what? Uh, from, because... Of me. And it, it's over. And the whole thing ends. And everybody walks away. And it's happened... Many, many times, and I don't know, again, I can't see myself, but um, I remember one time, uh, and again, we were living on Kedvale, 
and I was in I was playing in six softball leagues, you know, every week. So we had an issue where an umpire, obviously to me, uh, was making the calls to benefit the other team. So okay, this so this has nothing to do with mom dad or anything. So at the end, so I'm on him all day, all game long, all game long, because I know what he's doing. As you know, I can tell people. I read people very well. Mm-hmm. So I can tell what's going on. <laughs> so you think. But well, no, I can tell what's going on. I see it. And uh, and uh, so at the end of the game, I take a baseball bat, and I start to approach the umpire, because I'm going to crush his skull, figuratively. And I have to go through the other team to get to the umpire, because the umpire is conveniently with the other team. So my team sees me going towards the other team, and they think I'm going to start a riot. So that's what I'm saying is people think I'm going to do something even though I wasn't going to do it, but... Well, you know, your intent was to make them think. Exactly. Okay. All right, All right, so let's bring it back to that day. That day, I was just pissed because it was a Subway sandwich. And this, what did you and do? And they didn't want... They said, no, she can't come in here. Okay, give me the sandwich. I'll give it to them. No. Nope. I said, are you serious? You're not going to allow me to bring this sandwich in here? How stupid. I mean, you know, one of those things where you, and and most people are stupid. So, you know, (laughs) you're basically telling them they're stupid. And so then they become offended. And then they think, oh, my God, this guy's going to start, you know, throwing things and all kinds of stuff. And then they call the cops. That's what they do. And that's what they did? That's what they did. They called the cops. And I said, okay, I'll wait. Oh, you better wait here. I'm not going anywhere. I'll wait right here. I'll even, well, you know, uh, they're going to find you. I said, look, they don't have to look for me. I'm going to wait right here. And I did. I waited for the cops. Two of them showed up. I explained to them. They went inside. They said, you know, they just prefer you, you know, you leave. They don't want to do anything. And that was it. So they just panic. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. People well, panic. they're also dealing with a bunch of mentally they are. ill people. And who knows they're... what goes on there. I'm right. sure the cops end up going there right. daily. You look normal. Well, yeah, comparatively, (laughs) yeah, comparatively. But then, if you start raising your voice, yeah, that's their thing. Oh, don't raise your voice. I said, trust me. I remember saying, trust me. This isn't raising my voice. You'll know if I raise my voice. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't like that around here. We have to maintain. We have to do this. We have to do that. Go screw yourself. So you had started to say, you know, yeah, when you're dealing with a lot of stress that takes away, it takes away time. It takes away time for people who are dealing with this kind of thing, right? And who maybe they haven't told anybody or maybe they, you know, they have and you're not getting help or you just kind of feel alone or whatever it is or nothing's working, right? I often think about those parents, and this sounds crazy, but every time that I see on TV, like something happens, a shooting of this or that, and I see how everybody is so quick to point the finger at the family. Like, why didn't they know? Why couldn't they stop it? Why mm-hmm. couldn't they? But when you're in it, it's a whole different ballgame, right? So mm-hmm. the question for you is, you are, are you're actually as, as crazy as you are in your own right, mm-hmm. not certifiable no. yet, but you are... No offense taken. Pretty, <laughs> you are pretty, like... Um, level-headed objective like you you're you're opinionated yes i think, I think brilliant is the word no i <laughs> definitely not looking right. for that word okay. uh found it and discarded it <laughs> but um but you like you i like yourself, to say functional yeah functional <laughs> okay it. but you are um 
Functionally you, crazy. That's what we should start. It really is. When we think functionally thing. crazy. A lot of people yes. would sign up for that one. But you you mentioned how at that point it just got too much. Like the stress was even too much for but somebody like you. But it wasn't the stress. Here's the thing. Again, I, I was running my own business. Right. So to take time away from, from that for me, right. that was the thing. And if it was something, if it was, you know, I mean, the fact that I went to pick her up to bring her. To right. deliver a sandwich mm-hmm. was no brainer. I was like, no right. big deal. You know, I'm going there. I'm going to go to mom's anyway. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's go do this. So to have some pinhead, some little piece of crap, mm-hmm. tell me no, you can't give a sandwich to somebody. Yeah, is just shows the incompetence of the 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 uh, the industry of the medical uh, or the mental health industry. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, again, I know I don't have to deal with people on a daily day basis. So I'm sure that's that's a stressful. I've told people who work in those institutions, I couldn't do what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't have that capability. I don't know how you do what you do. Right. So I give them all the props for that. But it was a Subway sandwich that we were delivering. Right. right. I even even I said, hey, I'll leave it with you. Just give it to them. No, we can't take it. Right. Right. So come on. So now you had said earlier. I said if there was one thing that you would have done differently, um, growing up, right. You had said... Programming was the first thing. Get into... Remember? No, no, not not schooling for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had said you would have just gotten out. Well, like, I would have left... I remember, I left, I left at 20, 21. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you can't leave much earlier than that. Mm-hmm. But remember? And, and to me, even uh, going away to school, uh, I'd been planning for it for a while, right. trying to think of where to go, this and that, but... Yeah, I would have taken off. Uh, so is that is that the uh, advice though, like to people? Know. Not really. Like you're finding yourself Not, um, surrounded by crazy, just leave, abandon. No, no. That's why I said. That's why I told Dad I couldn't do what he did. Uh-huh. You know, but because there's an obligation to stay. Well, and again, that's the same reason for me uh, to, uh, uh, you know, if you have pets, you take care of them, just like. I don't want to equate them to children, but you make that you make that Your commitment, yeah. and you follow through. Right. So, if that's what you're going to do, if you want to have kids, if you want to have a family, then follow through. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it gets tougher and tougher each day because there's a lot, a lot more choices out there, a lot more things that can uh, entice, mm-hmm. can manipulate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, it's more. If I if I want to do something, uh, when I was a kid, I st- I still maybe and here's the thing, maybe if I hadn't done what I wanted to do, maybe if there were more restrictions on me, maybe that would have been a, a probably would have been a huge problem. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, I was willing to accept. I think that's the thing. People aren't willing to accept consequences, mm-hmm. and I was always willing to accept whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. I'll take the punishment. If that's what mm-hmm. comes with it. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the times, and you had started, you mentioned push it. the envelope, and if you get <laughs> in trouble, deal with it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, there's that saying that I like. You know, it's uh, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission because if you ask permission, most people are too afraid. They're just going to say no, no, no. Yeah, if you just go ahead and do it, yeah, right? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they'll take the credit afterward, right? True. When it's done correctly. Yeah. But so you had started on a story. Um, and it was about 
because uh, Vinny also, on top of all the mental illness and all of the being kind of uh, isolated and being, you know, a, a bit slow, right? There was, uh, she was also bullied and she mm-hmm. was pretty yeah. much friendless, right? But you had started to tell the story in high school when she was well, getting bullied. Well, and again, remember how towards the end, Vinny never stood up for herself. Never. But then at the end, she stood up for everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Remember? So right. she she gained confidence. Right, true. But she didn't know how to control it. She didn't know how to handle it. Right. So so it became bullying on her end, in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, more bullying on... on uh, to help other people. To help, right. But it was like the show... What was that movie? Um, My Bodyguard. Where yeah. Where the kid right. hires somebody. Right, right, right. So, but, but for the longest time, yeah, Vinny would get bullied. Mm-hmm. And I think I was... She was a freshman? I think so. So that makes me... In high school. A senior. Right. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that puts me in college. She was a freshman in high school. So that makes me maybe like a sophomore in college or something like that. And I guess there was some kid uh, who was bullying her, giving her a hard time. Now we're talking 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago. And major bullying. Like, yeah. do you remember what no, he had I... done to spark you? So she came home okay. and he had... Uh, stabbed her in the hand with a lead pencil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember? That's right. I mean, that's that's pretty that's severe right. bullying. Yeah, that is. And the fact that the teachers, yeah. like, just pretended yeah. not to see it yeah. or didn't so, care. So I showed up. Uh, the names and places have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> uh, so I said, okay, fine. Uh, you, you know, you be at school at this time during whatever period. I can't remember. I'm going to be there. So I go in, show up. I wait outside her classroom. She points out the kid. And I throw him up against the locker, and I tell him, uh, if I ever hear of anything, ever, ever, him talking, touching, doing anything like this, I'll break his neck, and I'll do a few other things to him as well. And I remember this other little punk uh, coming up, and I told him, just wait your turn. After him, you're next. And uh, I guess when I went home, uh, the police were... calling to try to find me now again i understand nowadays it would be a whole different animal but back then you know i did what i had to do and she was never bothered again Mm -hmm. so in fact i think uh she told me that uh that the the i think they met or she saw the kid or he saw her like a few years later Mm -hmm. and uh you know there was nothing even back then nothing he didn't do anything or say anything but you know, I'm so I, I'm 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 so sick of the political correctness that occurs now. Unfortunately, I understand why. But back then, mm-hmm. I, again, like I said, I'll do what I have to do, and mm-hmm. that's it. So growing up, whether it was with mom or Vinny or whatever, were there people? Were there authority figures? Were there times when people should have stepped in and should have seen and should have helped? Well, we knew or... when Vinny was two years old and the teachers wanted to hold her back. When she was in second grade, I'm second sorry. Second grade. The teachers wanted to hold her back and our parents thought it was an embarrassment. Right. So nowadays it's, you know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, you look at the, what's the show, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened there. And they thought best for the kid to hold the child back. Mm -hmm. But in our case, it was considered an embarrassment. And with the three of us, that never happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were all very pretty good at school. Yeah, luckily. So they're probably, our parents are probably looking at that saying, well, why is this kid not where the other ones are? Right. 
And that would have helped her. Uh Then as she gets older and she's falling behind more and more, because that's all the school system is, in my opinion. It's just pushing people through, get them, you know, get them passed. Uh, So then she ends up in a school, and you probably know better, where she's in a special ed room or something to that effect. And she sees other kids banging their heads against the wall. Well, the problem is, in those days, they had you know, special ed classes, but really they were behavior disorder classes. Yeah. So it wasn't like she was getting any any education. No. As a matter of fact, she no. was in a room with worse people, yeah. right? Yeah. And when you are borderline, yeah. so there there it's like uh it's like that limbo between heaven and hell. Mm. You there is no place for you. And it right? gives that validation that okay, so I'm so I'm nuts. So right, I'm so something's really so, wrong yeah, with so, me. Yeah. yeah. So So the whole school system was BS. Yeah. Um uh, you know Mm-hmm. The whole at the time again, not knowing a mom's medical issues, but that's medical advancement, mm-hmm. so that played a, a role in her mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Again, now things are there's a lot more out there, mm-hmm. so maybe the people aren't experiencing those kinds of traumatic maybe details. But okay, so going back to that question, you didn't um, answer the the city slickers, Bruno Kirby. What's the best day of your life, and what's the worst day of your life? Wow. Of my life? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, but it... Well, let's see. What's the worst day? Um, well, I mean, I would say probably uh, dad dying because, uh, you know, I, I considered us buddies. We did a lot of stuff, the hunting, all this kind of stuff. So I would say that that probably was, because uh, it was I was 28, so that was early, and I think that was, in all honesty, I would put that one on the medical uh, establishment, because of his issues, which uh, were, well, he had a bladder cancer, mm-hmm. and when I advised and I uh, had my father agree to put an internal uh, ost- uh, ostomy back because he didn't need both, he just needed the bladder one. And the doctors, uh, for whatever reason, convinced him to do with an exterior bag. And I said to the doctors, you have no idea what you're doing here. This is a very active guy, which he was, mm-hmm. you know, gardening, biking, this kind of stuff. He's, it's not going to work. Well, we've had more experience. I said, I understand that, but it's going to be, and sure enough, I think that's what killed him. Mm-hmm. The frustration of having to wear the diapers of... The, the bag leaking, all kinds of stuff. So that was, you know, when he died, that was probably my worst. My best for me? Wow, that's a tough one, too. Uh, well, before we go to your best, on that worst, what so do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Um, so what was the aftermath of that worst day? What? How did it change you? Well, Mom was, now, again, think about it. She never knew how to write a check, right? Right. She didn't know anything about money. Right. So, in essence, it was uh, something that got piled up on top of her as well. Because even at the time, you weren't living at home, were you? Yeah, I was. Well, you were living at home. So, Kathy was married. Yeah, yep. she was married. Mm-hmm. Vinny was there. Uh, so, I was living on my own. But uh, that That's when it got worse for me. Of course. Because then, Cause now you had to do right. bills with, right. for mom and you had to deal right. with the, everything. Right. Grocery shopping. Because yeah. yeah. mom, again, I, w- I would think most you know, uh, dual parent homes, both one or both does the shopping. So that alleviates some one or both does maybe the cleaning or whatever it is. Now we're we're talking about uh, our dad who maintained the home. That's gone. 
So All we right. had to do that. You had to do everything on the interior, the right. the, the sh grocery shopping, et cetera, right. et cetera, the bills. So basically, it was just more stuff thrown on top of the pile mm -hmm. that, unfortunately... But do you think, for you even personally, because I remember one of the things that surprised me about you, so at that time, you you were you were very... Well, you always have been confident, right? Um, but at that point, you had started, I think, if I remember correctly, your own kind of business or mm -hmm. you were you were climbing, right? You were climbing your own mountain. And what I remember was just a few days before he died, you bought your first yeah. like brand new car. A brand new car. And then dad dies mm -hmm. and boom, you go into almost oh, like yeah, that, hiding. I think for like you, two months for two yeah. months that wiped me out because then I thought, all right, uh, you know, uh, the car sort of because we had that red car. You had, you had a car. Did you have a car? The red car was... Um, the station. Yeah, right, 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 right. Did you uh, have a car? No, you didn't have a car. Uh, you know what? Did I you? did, I did. I had the little, little white Ford thing. Escort. That's right, yeah. exactly. I broke the seat when we were yeah, going right. to the... That's right. So, uh, so, yeah, so the red car was there. So I thought, okay, why buy a new car? I'll get rid of it. I'll, I'll turn it back in, and I'll just use the red car. So, um, you know, and so I went from a nice sporty car that I liked to a red behemoth piece of garbage <laughs> station wagon. So, you know. Yeah, but there was something shifted in you. That yeah, it did, was because a... I thought that, that, was a, that was, you said, what's my worst day? To me, that was it, because yeah. it's just, you know, it was too soon. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I remember I, I had bought some property, and I had to go to a, a hearing at the, uh, the building court, and it was at night, and it was packed. And my father, our father, sat in the, and I was up at the front having to answer questions, and my father was at the back, or just sitting in the, the audience. So <laughs> after I, it gets approved and everybody's leaving, I get up, but he gets up first. And so the, the, uh, the commissioner says, um, may I help you? And he says, no, 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 that was just my son. <laughs> so I thought, uh, so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. You know, he probably thought some, he had some pride. Right. You know, so that kind of stuff. And I had it plans in my head of what I wanted to do. Yeah. The, actually, the property I bought in Crystal Lake was to build them a house. Oh. You know, I knew I wanted, you wanted to build on it. Yeah, and I wanted to build them a house, yeah. let them have the house, because there were three properties, build one house for them and the other two. Uh, so that was always my goal. And I always had ideas, mm -hmm. you know, building those houses on those lots, you know, right. where dad said, uh, and I was trying to convince our father, you know, we could take out, he could take out a second mortgage. We could buy this huge piece of property for $60,000. I said, we could build 30 homes on there and that would be a heck of a, of a moneymaker. And he looked at it and he said, oh, no one will ever buy homes that small. Well, a few years later, somebody buys it. Builds 30 homes, 33 homes on there, just like I was saying. And I remember driving past that and, my, and Dad saying, I'd say, you know, you're right about that land. Well, damn it. I told you, I'm always right. Listen to me. So, you know, those kind of things that sort of like would have helped the issues that we had. But, you know, I mean, so that, that was my worst. But my best day, man, that's funny. Uh, I don't know. That's a good... Uh, I say that my my best day was when I I was working downtown for an architectural firm, and I got my apartment on Rollins Court. So you know, and I didn't tell anybody anything. 
you know, that was something that I was going to do, and then I was going to spring it on everybody. So to get uh, to get uh, you know your apartment, and I remember I slept in there uh, the first night on the on the carpet because I didn't have anything. So I thought, uh, yeah, I got my own place, and I think I was twenty four, I think at the time. And uh, if I want to add my second worst day was when I uh, brought everybody downtown. I don't know if you were there. I, Mom and Dad, maybe Vinny, and I was going to bring them to uh, for lunch or something to that effect. But I diverted, went into the building to show them uh, this apartment. And I remember we walked into the apartment and I said, uh, uh, oh, this is my apartment. And I could see in our dad's face that he was not happy. So my second worst day is when to get payback at me, um, he used the toilet and took a dump uh, <laughs> before I had a chance to. So in essence, he squatted on my my uh, property and uh, made throne. his mark. Made his mark. So it was like you know when the animals do that, they mark over each other's territory. So he in essence marked over my territory before I had a chance to. But, uh, That's very funny. That is very funny. But yeah, oh. getting my apartment and realizing, okay, let's go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so, if you were to say, out of everything that we encountered, did, uh, navigated um, in the realm of mental illness with mom and Vinny, what did we do right? What did we do not so right? But it was out of our hands at that time. Nowadays, it's a different thing. Nowadays, get a, get uh, uh, you know get a diagnosis. You 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 can look online and see if you know you're feeling these symptoms. So you know it gives you an idea of what to do and who to talk to. Uh, you know. Yeah, before. but nowadays nothing has changed. The meds, I'm shocked, are the same. The entire like experimental cocktailing is the same. The stigma. They the stigma, try to make stigma, it a little better, but it's still the yeah, same. But the, the meds, the meds, that's how they do it. They 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 don't know what works and what doesn't work because different body chemistries react differently. So I'm not going to put that on them. The fact that they acknowledge what the issue is, okay, that's a plus. It didn't happen back in mom's day. Mm -hmm. That's Again, true. It didn't okay. happen. Okay, so then going back in that day, <laughs> what did we do? Right, even given, like you say, it was taken out of our hands. Okay, great. So what did we do right, that we even finally, when it was taken out of our that hands? We, you know, remember, let's go back to the, the, the Kennedy family. How did they handle mental illness? They lobotomized one of their daughters. Because oh, that, the, that was what the protocol was. Maybe it was the 1920s or 30s. I have no idea. But that's what was the mentality, you know? So, so, so then we went from there to at least understanding you don't, uh, uh, you know, you don't lobotomize somebody to, uh, or whatever it is that they take out of your brain because they think that's what's affecting it. Now it's more, it went to more diagnosis. They didn't have the understanding or the medications. But now that's all have... like, um, in general, <coughs> what did we... we do? Yes. Well, we actually went and sought medical help. You know, maybe again, maybe in Italy, they would, uh, you know, you hear they lock the the uh, person, the crazy person in the basement or the attic. I don't know what they would have done, but mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and what could what maybe hindsight twenty twenty should we maybe have done it earlier? I don't know. I mean, but you had a, you you had someone who was very quiet 
Anyway. And mom, anyway. And she was very depressed because of Uncle Joe, yeah. right? So everybody and her life thought that's what it was. Again, right? not, there's get out, do something, right. ride a bike, take a walk, get a dog, do something, get outside. That's your advice watch you mean, birds, for people? Do whatever, yeah, just get outside. Mm -hmm. Don't stay in the house. Yeah. There's actually, a, um, so there's a place here in La Crescenta. I should have taken you to it. It's called, well, it's not open to the public, but it's called Rock Haven. And in the 1920s, there was this nurse, Agnes something, can't remember her name right now, but she had had experienced mental health facilities and how horrible they were, psychiatric hospitals, and she decided she was going to do something different. So in La Crescenta, she like brought, bought up these little properties and made a little community where sweetest little kind of cottages and took in women now in those days they were women who either had a major mental illness or sometimes from what i understand they were women who the husbands didn't like how they were behaving so then they you know were sent off in there one of the famous people uh who stayed there was marilyn monroe's mother who was nuts and um, and I say, I use those terms nuts and crazy affectionately, so hopefully I'm not offending anybody. But, um, but what she proved was that instead of drugging them up, instead of locking them away, taking them out every day to grow the rose garden, to actually tend the yard, to actually do things, was a huge benefit. So you're saying that is your advice to... What, to the person who has the mental illness or to the person? Because remember, this is all about people who are stuck, quote-unquote, either by choice or not. Well, some say we all have a choice, but always. What's the advice to the people who are dealing with a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a kid, a colleague? But you're more compassionate than I am, you know? So for me... Uh, you would just leave. No, I wouldn't just leave. I'm telling them that you, you try to, you know, you try to avoid getting into that situation because I think a lot of times a lot of people uh, are. Mm, that's okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Hold look on. at look at if you don't if you stay at home and you do nothing. Yeah. You are going to lose your mind. Yeah, true. If you don't figure out something you want to do, something you can do. Look at how many people now do mall walking of, of senior citizens. Sure. I don't think they ever used to do yeah, that. Yeah, but there's, okay, so there's that. Yeah, you're. I think you are right, right? But there's that, but then there's also the mental illness that just kind of comes on, right, where nobody really even understands the why of it. Um, so, for example, let's say, you know, we have two nieces. Let's say that they were perfectly, quote-unquote, normal until they hit their 20s, and then, bing, that heredity gene kind of kicks in, and they get it. What do you say if you are the parent, I the say, uncle, the I whatever? Say, I say it is not just heredity. You know, they always talk about, is it DNA, or is it uh, society, or, or, you know, so it's a combination of stuff. If you are a person who is uh, uh, an introvert, uh, that uh, you know likes to spend uh, as much time as possible uh, sheltered, then get out, get your ass out, and do something. And if you're a parent of a child like that, find out what they like and get them involved. Don't be like these people that push their kids into stuff they don't want to do. Everybody's got something they're passionate about. 
you know, stamp collecting for crying out loud. I don't know, chess club, whatever it is, get involved. Do something that you want to do. If it's, you know, don't force your kid to have to join soccer or band because it's going to be great on their resume when they get into a college and all that other bullshit, excuse me. You know, do let the kid pick what they want to pick and you might prevent future issues. I don't know, again, these these kids that, uh, you know, commit suicide, there's obviously something there, right? What do you mean there's something there? It, it might be a, a mental issue, but I have a feeling it's more of a social issue. It's more of a, a being a recluse. It's more of being ostracized. It's more of being an introvert, you know? So then all these kids will, will have nothing to do. And their parents, are they attentive? Do they even pay attention? Do they want their kid to be the, the gold star kid that does all these kind of things? Do they care about what the kid likes? That's, I think it starts early. I think with Vinny, again, you say she had passion with music. Yeah, she had some, but did it, did they ever... Remember when we were kids? We were sent to... Uh, I was sent to dance. piano school. Uh, Kathy went to play uh, the organ, then dance. Uh, so Vinny never did any of that, right? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. So she never had an outlet. Mom, you know, never had an outlet because she was a, basically a house slave if you mm -hmm. will back in italy mm -hmm. so you know mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. that's the thing is people have to get out and parents in my opinion have to realize you know do something mm -hmm. it's not all about money it's mm -hmm. not all about uh well unfortunately maybe to some people it is to me it's not mm -hmm. but hmm. okay well so is there anything else that you might want to say on this Madness to Magic podcast, anything about caregivers for people with mental illness? Again, I, I my hat's off to you. I couldn't do it. Well, you so, did do it. Yeah, but not to that scale, not to where it's people who, uh, again, uh, what is it, uh, not... Uh, the Meals on Wheels people, but the people that go to homes and... Oh, you mean the people who by choice, yeah. like it's not like yeah. they have a family member and yeah. they have to do it, but by choice yeah. they actually... Even the workers, the workers that do that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, man, that's... I don't know where things would be if they didn't... They weren't passionate to do what they do. I mean, because I've talked to a lot of them, mm -hmm. and it's something they are passionate about. Mm -hmm. So, more power to you. You're mm -hmm. better than I am. Mm -hmm. so. All right, well, thank you, and uh, for those of you listening out there, um, we hope that this has kind of just given another voice to another um, experience, another perspective, um, and has helped some of you out there. Uh, we are here and uh, would love to hear your comments um, once this posts. Thanks so much for listening to Madness to Magic. And my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a love story. I believe we're all here for a purpose, and I know that this is part of mine. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit or might even have a story of their own to share. You also can visit me at madnesstomagic.com or check out more of my stories, including info on my book, The S Word, at paulinamilanawrites.com. I hope to hear from you and to join forces with what I consider a unique caregiver tribe, as we all learn to embrace all of ourselves, to have compassion for others, and to come into our full power by the grace that is both madness and magic. Until we meet again, 
I'll leave you with one of my favorite mantras. Be bold and mighty forces shall come to your aid. Thank you. Thank you.